Claire, and welcome back, everybody, to another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Again, that's Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper, Jesus, and certainly not Dr. PP. That would be a very different show. Kind of curious what that looks like now that I've mentioned it in every episode, but again, not Dr. PP. This is Dr. PPR. As in points per reception, I specialize in fantasy football healthcare. And we're in week five now, folks. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd. If you haven't jumped on the healthcare program that I'm offering, if you're afraid to call your doctor for whatever reason, folks, the damage, it may be too late. You know, what's done is done. We're kind of approaching the witching hour. Well, no, I won't say that. When you think witching hour, it means the end. But it could be the end for some people. There are some points of no return you just cannot come back from, right? If you're 0-4 going into week 5, you're probably not – I mean, you're going to have to pull off a miracle if you want to make the playoffs. Unless you're in like a family league, then, you know, anything can happen. But for the most part – one in three, you still got a shot. I mentioned it's they're different tiers. You're either stoked about your team and you come to me for, you know, a clean bill of health, like going to an annual physical in real life, you know, make sure that everything is good. Keep doing what you're doing. Use me as assurance. You come to me for another reason, tier two, you're worried about your team. You have some players like Joe Burrow where you're like, oh, what do I do? I'll tell you, you Stick with me. You know, you need my help. You could still win your league. It's just going to require some effort. You got to hit play every now and again on Dr. PPR. And then there's the last category, tier three. You're in trouble. Probably can't win it. You're pretty much fighting to not get last place. You don't want to get the Sacco punishment. You need my help to guarantee that spot that's above last place. That is what I can help you do. Cutting your losses can still be a win. Maybe you're. Entry fee is done, <clears throat> but that's, uh, you know, I mean, what's $50 five weeks ago? Nothing in this day and age and <laughs> this economy, a sandwich is close to that. So whatever. All right, gang week five, as I mentioned, we're kind of two weeks away from like the middle of the fantasy football season, which is great. And that's the best part is as soon as you hit October, you, you, you kind of forget what August feels like. And so the fatigue of not having football, it, it feels like you've had football forever, which is awesome. Um, okay. If you listened yesterday to Monday's episode, you heard my usual recap episode. Today is Tuesday. These episodes, I like to keep them short. Obviously, there's so many podcasts. Everybody and their mom has a podcast these days. So I really want to keep these episodes short. I also have a lot of patience that come in my offense, but I don't have a lot of patience. Mentally, it's <laughs> a horrible joke, but I do uh, have a couple of things I want to say before I get to my prescriptions, who you should start, who you should bench, who you should trade, trade for. So here we go. Uh, I just want to mention really quickly, the Giants look like hell. Uh, Seattle beat the piss out of them. And I think the sick joke of starting Daniel Jones, <clears throat> excuse me. A little bit of a crap in my throat. I should probably stop licking toilet seats for fun. What? Doctors don't do that. Daniel Jones sucks. He's he's really 
just disappointing to watch. Uh, as an unbiased fan of football, I'm watching $160 million a year, or I guess the, the $160 million contract this guy signed, whatever his, whatever the value that he, this, this robbery he's committed, it's, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, he's horrible. And the Giants offensive line's miserable. I think let's just put the wounded animal down, right? Let's stop pretending this is a legitimate contender with him. They caught lightning in a bottle last year. They beat Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. Whoop the fucking do. And then you got massacred by Philly. Is that really what you want to achieve as a football franchise? Really? Yeah. Let's let's take the life support off. Let's start over. I, I'm I'm really not about people living as vegetables. There's more to life than that. How about we just blow up the team? Right. And I would say we, you know, as an unbiased fan of football, I like having good football on when the Niners aren't playing. I don't want my primetime games to be um, a massacre at MetLife. It's disgusting to watch. And, and by the way, there's, there's something unhealthy about having these mediocre football teams raise your hopes only to just rip you apart limb by limb. Like there's nothing about Daniel Jones that, that excites me. In fact, if I'm a Giants fan, I feel like it'd be really stressful watching him. Like every drive is just exhausting. Like football is no longer an escape. It, it, as I mentioned, it becomes a second job. And that's not good for your health. Like your physical health, your mental health is already shot. Like it's already, you're already numb. But like that has to have some sort of effect on your physical health. Like getting exhausted watching football. Like you just ran a marathon, even though you just sat on your couch for three hours and sweat like a pig. That can't be healthy. And there's a few teams that are like that. You know, the Giants, the Bills. The Bills are good, but they do that to you. They 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 rip your heart out and and they just kill you. They just historically and also they're launching themselves off of rooftops onto foldable tables. That can't be healthy. Falcons, oh god, mental nightmare. Just being waking up a Falcons fan. People are still recovering from the 28 to 3 collapse in the Super Bowl, but it doesn't help when Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter are just rolling out to London getting waxed in front of new time zones. Browns fans, that can't be healthy. Just years of shit. And then like their best year is mediocre. Bears, yeah. Yeah. 1985 was a long time ago. That was the 85 Bears, right? Sort of that that top tier, the the prototype defense wins championships. Jeez, what are we clo- are we closer to like 2060 than 1985? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. No, 1985. We're closer to 1985 by like what two or three years? Uh, there's the math. Um, and Jets. Yeah, that's that's not healthy. But then again, you don't have to root for those teams. You could abandon your home team for your physical health. I think that's fair, right? When people get called Fairweather fans, no, it's not because I'm a Fairweather. I'm sorry that I just can't do it anymore because my arteries are clogged or my physical health is deteriorating because of this goddamn team that plays 16 times a year. I'm sorry you think I'm a Fairweather fan. I'm happy to know that the weather is great for you in San Francisco every year. Or it must be nice having Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. Daniel Jones is mine. You know, that I, I feel like that's a reasonable thing to switch teams for your health. That's fair. I, I co-sign off of that as a doctor. 
Uh, but there are also amazing teams you could root for. And I, as a doctor, put together a power ranking teams. If your team is one of these teams, congratulations. It's been a really fun season so far. Very early still, the wheels could fall off at any time for these teams, except maybe a few are kind of locked in for the whole year. But this is my power ranking so far, based off of record as well as strength of schedule and other categories. And then, of course, you it's not going to be a surprise who's at the top if you've listened to me before. But here we go. At number 10, we have the Seahawks, followed by Chargers at number 9. I seriously think... Staley is the, the the whole organism of decay for the Chargers. Like the second that Staley's gone, they're going to be just fine. This defensive-minded coach that can't coach a defense, I, I don't even know why he's still there. But, um, you know, they're winning games still. He hasn't lost them in the game. He's come close a couple of times to losing them. But the second that he loses a game for them in the next five or six weeks, I bet you he gets fired because this team is special and Herbert is incredible. Um, and there, there they are, number nine in power rankings, simply because their coach is just mid, below mid, excuse me. Ravens at eight. I think they're super strong. They could still beat a good team, but you know they have their flaws. Chiefs at number seven. Yeah, this is not the usual Patrick Mahomes that we're used to seeing, and that's probably because this roster isn't as strong as years past. But then again, this is still Patrick Mahomes. Don't ever, you know, cancel him out. Sure, they didn't cover against the Jets. And they had a 17-0 lead. But, you know, it's still Michael Jordan, right? They're, they're, I mean, he's that guy. They're still winning games. They're still 3-1. and one. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're probably going to be in contention to win a Super Bowl again this year. Do I think they will? I don't. I think they have too many holes, but don't ever count them out, right? Not likely. There are stronger teams than them. And as you can see, even Zach Wilson can pick them apart. And when Mahomes is off, he's he's off like the rest of us. He bleeds, but rare. <clears throat> Excuse me. God damn it. Sorry. I don't know what's going on. I didn't drink my milk and honey this morning. I don't drink milk and honey. That's a joke. Uh, number six, the Lions. They are tough. I don't know how legit they are. They're, they're good, and they're probably going to win their division, maybe, if, unless, of course, they collapse. But they are – they're pretty – they're gritty, you know, and, and they're finally coming into stride here. And I, I bet you they – I bet you they do well to end the season. They might even win the wild card game, you know, the first round of playoffs. But uh, I don't see them beating the Eagles or the Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys. The Cowboys are kind of fraudulent. Ah, they're good, but not that good. Lions at six, Dolphins at five. They got a lot of holes. The Dolphins really don't have a defense. And I think the book is out on how to stop their offense. And you just need to meet them with points. So if you got a pretty powerful offense and somewhat capable defense, you could beat the Dolphins. The Chargers have a very powerful offense, no defense. That's why they lost to the Dolphins. Patriots have a pretty good defense, no offense. That's why the game was close. And of course, Denver has problems up the ass. So that's why that happened. Um, Dolphins at five, but no longer uh, uh, less than that. Cowboys at four. You got to just throw them in there because that defense is, is legit. I hate to say, you can't give Dallas any credit. They're already America's team. Lord knows why. But 
that defense is quite suffocating. You know, like the Patriots were kind of playing for the season that game. Like, can you can you battle with the dogs? Win or lose, it's whatever. You're one and three. But can you compete with the dogs? That was a very telling game for the Patriots. And Cowboys looked really good defensively. Offensively, they didn't need to do much. Just kind of control the game at that point. The game plans change. Eagles are three. They're undefeated. You know, they have holes, but they're still winning games. It's hard to win in the NFL. And you got to stop making excuses. Once you're undefeated, you really make like four games in a row. Overtime, row games. If you are winning games in the NFL, you're undefeated. You have to give the team their flowers, right? I don't think this Eagles team is as good as last year's team. I think they'll fold earlier in the playoffs than expected. I just said they'll probably beat the Lions, but it wouldn't surprise me if you know a team like Seattle pulls something out and beats the Eagles like an upset. I don't know. Um, I, it, it, I think a more experienced coach will end up beating the Eagles in the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me if Pete Carroll gets tricky with it. I don't think Dan Campbell is I, – I think a win for the Lions is just making the playoffs. I don't mean to circle back to the Lions, but that's kind of my whole angle there. Okay, Bills at number two. They're back. A win like this, you revive their season. Josh Allen is no longer a joke. And uh, I mean, well, not, not that he was, but like it just seemed very early on this was going to be more of the same after losing to the Jets. But I think that game was sort of like a symbolic. All of New York was behind the Jets that game on 9-11. So that was like a spiritual win for the Jets. But yeah, the Bills are Bills look great. And their defense, their defense is playing like that. And they can shoot out teams, you know, to bits. There's very few teams that can stop them. Maybe only one. Who is also the number one spot on my power rank. It's the 49ers. There's nothing I need to say. They're the best team in the NFL. Best defense, definitely. Most high-powered offense. Capable, confident, poised quarterback. Brilliant play calling. Experience. Best roster. Been to the NFC Championship so many times in a row. So many times in the past five or six years. They're ready. They're due. This is the year. On the flip side, here is the complete opposite. We have the tank race for Caleb Williams. And it's kind of a lot of teams are involved. I'm, I'm going to, spoiler alert, just because you're one in three doesn't mean you're in the tank race. So Cincinnati, you're safe. They're not going to tank for Caleb Williams. They may have a shitty season and get a really good player, but Joe Burrow is the guy last time I checked. But are you ready for the next segment? Here we go, folks. It's time for Tank for Caleb. All right. All right. There we go. So these are the king of the dipshit teams, right? It's no surprise. You know, some of these teams are, I don't know if they're making it obvious, but definitely not putting up a good fight in the, uh, well, in the long run of things, it, but it's a more complicated race than you think. Coming at number eight, the Jets. I have to throw them in there. Obviously, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is coming back. He's very much committed to this team. He's stressed as they go into the trenches. I don't think Aaron Rodgers really wants to see them draft Caleb Williams. He wouldn't 
love it. I mean, he probably would want to see like one of the best, like Marvin Harrison Jr. on his team. I'm sure that's what he wants if they were to get the one spot for one year with him. But it would make sense, folks. It would make sense if you got Caleb Williams, if you're thinking about the future of the Jets and have one good year with Aaron Rodgers in this team they already put together and then have Aaron Rodgers shake hands, co-sign. I'm going to say it again. Caleb to the Jets isn't crazy, but they're probably not going to do that. That's what I think. It, not anymore, at least. I, I wasn't really sure if Aaron Rodgers was that committed to this team. He is. He cares. He gives a shit. Coming at number seven, the Cardinals. Again, also one in three, but Josh Dobbs looks pretty capable, and it makes you wonder if Kyler Murray was healthy. Is this offense not as big of a joke as we thought it was? Maybe Jonathan Gannon, a.k.a. Coach Murr, isn't that big of a clown. His speech is probably one of the worst speeches I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know that doctors need much inspiration. They're cold-blooded surgeons to begin with. But I think if I heard that before a surgery, I would just kill the patient. Like, there's nothing inspiring about that speech. But then again, he might have a pretty good deal over there in Arizona. They're young and they look like hell at times, but the front runner for tanking for Caleb at the beginning of the season doesn't seem so strong anymore. Coming at number six, Denver. Sean Payton is whatever you want to call him. If he's a good coach for coming back, being down 21 points to the Bears, fine. But I, I seriously think that he has his flaws. Then again, he's probably dealt a pretty horrible hand with Russell Wilson amongst other players and not so appealing draft picks and situations that he inherited taking over the Denver job. A lot of people were like, oh yeah, Sean Payton's all you need to f- correct the course. No, this this Denver team is it's got some holes, you know? Uh probably least likely to get Caleb Williams of of you know of the teams remaining, you know, being the sixth spot, but it wouldn't surprise me if Caleb Williams went to Denver and they kind of revamped everything. You know, if Russell Wilson is just a, I guess, just a turd in the wind, you're ready to move on. Let's cut him out. Let's save the rest of the body. Let's cut out the the the, the tumor right there. Not that Russell Wilson's a tumor. That's not what I'm saying, but metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Raiders, number five, also one in three. Hmm. You just got Jimmy. Obviously, Jimmy's not the future. He's just the bridge to the next block of land getting Caleb Williams in Vegas. I don't know if Josh McDaniels is the guy. He seems pretty not capable of, you know, winning and doing well with the Raiders. I I think the second the Raiders turned their back on an, on that interim coach who rallied the team into the playoffs, that was the dumbest thing they could have done. Just hire that guy, like give him the job. He earned it, but whatever. Uh, I bet you Caleb Williams and the Raiders looks pretty nice. People would definitely come to Vegas as a destination to play with Caleb. Young players who are excited about his arrival, maybe players that are aging and just want to retire into the sun. Vegas is a destination. It wouldn't be a horrible spot for him. Number four, New England Patriots. Maybe Bill Belichick feels like he's got something left in the tank. He's looking pretty old and stupid out there. But maybe he doesn't think so. In fact, maybe he, being the coach and GM, decides, 
We're going to tank for Caleb. I was wrong about Mac Jones. I shouldn't have put all the eggs in his basket this year, or maybe that was a ploy to get Caleb, and he was playing us all along to run the next 10 or 15 years of championships in New England. Wait. Holy shit. I just had a moment of realization. What if Bill Belichick is doing this? Wait a minute. Excuse me. I need let's let's talk about this for one second. What if Bill Belichick saw Caleb Williams last year at USC and go, okay, this guy is Patrick Mahomes. Like the rest of us, saw how good he was, but obviously couldn't do nothing about it at the time. The Patriots were still kind of with Mac Jones. I mean, kind of with like believing he could maybe win a Super Bowl, maybe with development. Maybe Bill Belichick saw the truth. Mac Jones is as mid as he really is and what he's showing off this season. Maybe Bill Belichick is secretly tanking for Caleb Williams. The only way he could have gotten Caleb... I'll say it again. The only way he could have gotten Caleb Williams this year is if he tanks this year. He couldn't have gotten Caleb Williams... Well, fuck. I have to formulate this better. If you're listening to this podcast, this is what I'm, this is, I mean, this is raw. This is as live as it gets. What if Bill Belichick saw an opportunity to tank for Caleb Williams this year so you could draft him in the draft next year? And the only way to do that is to start Mac Jones, cut Bailey Zappi completely out of the picture like he did at the beginning of the season. Give the ball to Mac Jones, who he knows is incapable of doing good but you're also the GM and coach. And you told Robert Kraft early on, this was your plan. Don't fire me. I'm going to draft Caleb Williams. Now you have a quarterback in a very good defensive minded team. What if Bill Belichick is secretly tanking for Caleb Williams by playing Mac Jones every game? Holy shit. Okay. Sorry to the podcast listeners if you just had to see my brain work right there. I just came up with that right now. Seriously. Um, That might be my new favorite theory. Bill Belichick secretly tanking for Caleb Williams by starting Mac Jones. Knowing they're going to lose games horrendously. Losing the point differential and getting last place. Okay. I love that theory. Uh, I was going to say Giants, Bears, and Carolina are also opportunities for Caleb Williams to go there. Carolina is probably leading the tank race. I'll finish it out. It's giants at three. Daniel Jones lays an egg every game and wouldn't surprise me if Brian Gable puts, you know, the, the, the tanking gears into motion and they just platoon this year and just go down with the ship. And then they get Caleb Williams. That'll be pretty cool. Cause Caleb Williams is only going to go to a place that makes sense for him. He's going to stay at USC. If the destination is shit bears, I've, I don't see Caleb Williams going to the Bears and then all of a sudden the Bears are like, good. The Bears have so many problems. Like the Bears' defense is trash. Seems like their management sucks. Their coach is a fool. Bears wouldn't make sense as far as the logic of leaving SC to go to Chicago, but they could get the one spot. And then Caroline. They just drafted Bryce Young. As much as I think Caleb Williams can come in here and change their program from what it is now. I don't think Caleb Williams wants to go to a place. He's looking at the, I mean, that's the blueprint, right? You get drafted number one overall. You go to a team with nothing. 
the Panthers just drafted Bryce Young. They're not going to, why would they tank for Caleb Williams? That just proves their GM is like flailing. Yeah, they wouldn't do it. My new favorite theory. My new favorite theory is New England tanking for Caleb Williams by starting Mac Jones. Secret plan by Belichick all year long. No way he'll admit to it and no way he's actually doing it until it's done. Okay, that took longer than I thought. I'm sorry about that. On to guys to pick up. Guys, these are the prescriptions this week, and uh, I, I, I like it. I'm pretty confident in it. These are guys on the waiver wire. Most waiver wires, you know, I'm in a couple of different leagues. I've seen these guys pop up, and so it's a general waiver wire pickup. I really like Sam Howell this week. I, I think if you're in need of a quarterback – and you, you just don't, you, everyone else is taken, and you don't love what's going on on your roster. You got Justin Fields, who you're not prepared to start him on Thursday night against Washington. Maybe start Sam Howell against Chicago. Chicago has pretty rough defense squad. I mean, it, they're they're not good. And Washington just lost. They're at home. Sam Howell can throw. It makes sense. If you need a guy this week, you're you're not sure who to start. Every was Stroud's taken, even though I was dead right about Stroud. I said pick up Stroud a couple weeks ago. He was he killed it. Purdy's probably gone. He's probably on a start. He's probably starting. Yeah, if you're super thin, if you had guys go down, if you had Geno Smith was your quarterback and he's now hurt, don't go with Drew Locke. Go with Sam Howell. Another guy to pick up. Same team on the Commanders playing Thursday night is Antonio Gibson playing Chicago. I think Gibson might get a ton of dump passes. I don't. I think Sam Howell is probably not going to hit 300 yards, but I could see Sam Howell throwing for like 230, 235, maybe two touchdowns, maybe three, depending on the, if Gibson or you know Brian Robinson, these guys get open. That's an interesting take too. Take Gibson. He's you got to pick up. Chicago is just horrible. Okay, another guy I like Ty J Spears, Tennessee. So he's the backup to Derrick Henry. And uh, I, I said, I'm going to say it later in this episode, Derrick Henry is, is, you can't do anything. You do not trade him. Don't do anything. Leave him there. He is in midseason form, but he still needs breathers every now and again. It would surprise me if Tajay Spears, you put him in your roster, if in a super, super deep league, he catches a little receiving touchdown, he gets in the end zone, like the eight-yard line, because there's a hole, because they're letting Henry rest after a big 70-yard run to get them there. Interesting take. Maybe pick him up. You don't have to play him. Just keep him in there for a second. Okay, this is a guy I'm really excited about. And if you see him, you have to pick him up and maybe even play him just because this team is about to explode. It's Tyler Boyd of the Bengals. So the Bengals are one and three. And while they're not exactly tanking for Caleb, they are frustrated and desperate. Okay, they're playing the Cardinals. This The spread is Cincinnati minus three. I think I like Cincinnati alternate spread, Cincinnati minus like nine and a half, like winning by two scores. This team is about to blow up, like in a good way. Like Joe Burrow is going to throw for over 300 yards this game. He, this is the I'm back game. The Monday night football game that they won against the Rams is not I'm back. That's we're in the win column. Joe Burrow hasn't had that. This is why I'm the most expensive player in NFL history game yet. And I think he's so due. And yes, I know it's at Arizona who just lost. And you could say the hungry team, you know, Arizona's hungry too. No one's hungrier than Joe Burrow right now. I'm sorry. Like, 
yeah, a lot of teams, I'm sure, have an appetite, but Joe Burrow is starving. And when a lion is starving, it doesn't matter how hungry the hyena is, the lion's going to eat. So Joe Burrow is going to explode this weekend against Arizona. If you have Bengals players that you're not sure, obviously you're playing Jamar Chase, but if you're not sure about playing Mixon, play Mixon. Definitely play T. Higgins. Um, I really, really like this Bengals team kicking the Christ out of Arizona this week. And then the Bengals start to get into that season uh, role that they're usually on. This is the time. I mean, time is a flat circle, especially in football. You see the same things every year with Derrick Henry and now with the Bengals. They both kind of start off kind of whatever, and then they get hot. And then by like week nine, you're like, Derrick Henry's trying to win MVP, and the Bengals are trying to win a Super Bowl. So took a little longer than usual this year for the Bengals and Joe Burrow, but this is the time. Bengals start him. I said, don't start him last week because I knew last week was going to be a dud. Start Joe Burrow this week. Set it. Forget it. Tyler Boyd, too. Pick him up. If you really need a receiver, play Tyler Boyd. That's a doctor's order. I'm saying that more than prescription. Do it. All right. Another receiver I like is Curtis Samuel. Plays for the Commanders. It's not a doctor's order, but if you're in a deeper league, you need some players, um, you know, Curtis Samuel could, if he, he's questionable right now, but he gets a lot of targets. So the whole universe is trying to cover Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel could stick in the end zone once or twice. He's done that quite a bit. We'll have multiple score games. Uh, tight end, Cole Komet, Bears. So interesting deal with him is he caught a couple in the end zone last weekend and the Bears sort of came alive. I don't know if he'll repeat that this year because the Bears are the Bears and that was their we're kind of back game, like back to like not drowning game. Of course they lost and the season's probably shot. Uh, you're probably not going to do anything being owned for in that division with the lions who are trying to make the playoffs and Packers. And now the Vikings who are going to pick up their season. I think you're probably the laughing stock in the NFC North. But if you have George Kittle, I would consider picking up Cole Komet and playing him over Kittle. The Niners are playing the Cowboys on Sunday night football. I can definitely see Kittle having a great game that night because he's George Kittle. But in the instance that he's doing other things like pass blocking and you know run blocking and they win, Kittle's not going to complain. Kittle's a dog. He's for his team. There's no egos on that team. If you have Kyle Pitts, we've had this conversation before, he, you should not play him. Cole Komet would be a great pickup if you have a guy like Kittle where you're unsure if you I mean if, if you watch Kittle go off on your bench for thirty, that sucks because he can do that. But mm, yeah, I would start Cole Komet over George Kittle because Cole Komet at least is part of that offense. Will get targets. We don't know with Kittle. You don't know. He, I mean, he could go off. He could do exactly what he did last week. One point, but they still beat the hell out of Arizona. We just don't know. Okay, Romeo Dobbs flex. This is a guy who is getting a ton of targets each week and definitely benefiting from Jordan Love having a pretty decent season so far. Obviously, they're 2-2, two and two and they didn't look that great against the Lions, but Dobbs is getting targets. He's catching some balls. He's getting in the end zone. I really, really like Romeo Dobbs uh, as like sort of like a sneaky, like maybe start him this week. Like actually pick him up. Definitely pick him up. Get him. If he's on the waivers, pick him up. Um, maybe start him. I the bounce back game for the Packers for sure. They got embarrassed at home. People are asking uh, coach LaFleur, like, what do you have to say about the offense? Like, it was looked horrible. He's like, yeah, no shit. 
bounce back game for the Packers. Definitely. Um, let's see where they're playing. They are going against the Vegas Raiders on Monday night. Yeah. I like Romeo Dobbs getting in the end zone on Monday night football. Pick him up. Maybe even play him. If if you if you're in a deeper league, definitely play him. But if you're in like a stronger league, I would consider it. Um, okay. Last but not least, Dolphins defense. Hear me out. They just got torched against the Bills, but this is exactly why I like them. They're playing against the lowly Giants. Daniel Jones is a pumpkin, and he's slowly morphing into that form. His usual midseason diarrhea fest form. Well, rotting pumpkin right now. He's rotting into the ground of MetLife Stadium as we speak. This is my strategy. If you don't have the Cowboys defense or the 49ers defense or the Browns defense, the Browns got torched, but that's because um, DTR came in for Deshaun Watson. It's hard to rally behind a rookie quarterback because especially if he's turning the ball over, defense never gets a break. But if you have the Cowboys or the Niners defense, you're kind of locked in. You're going to play them every week because they can score and get sacks and whatnot. But if you have not that much confidence in your defense, a strategy each week, if you're riding the waiver wire for a new defense each week, think about this strategy. Pick a team that has a decent defense, just decent at best. Like, I don't want you to all of a sudden go like, oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, we're going to ride with the Raiders defense because like, what? It has to make sense. So Dolphins have a decent defense, right? Take a team with a decent defense that just lost, that is now playing a worse team. So Dolphins just got worked, just crushed. And they're playing the Giants, a team that's worse. Turnover prone, lots of mistakes. Daniel Jones, again, pumpkin. He hits his over on interceptions most games. Pick a team that is playing a worse team that needs a bounce back game against a very turnover prone team. This is also a decent formula for survivor picks. If you need a survivor pick this week, Take the Dolphins over the Giants. It's a must-win game for the Dolphins to get back on track. They're at home. They're 11-point favorites. It's also an awesome opportunity. If you need a defense this week, Giants will turn the ball over. They probably won't score that much because they're led by Daniel Jones, and that team is about to decide this week if they're going to tank for Caleb Williams. I love the Dolphins as a survivor pick. Definitely love them as a defense if you need one. Take the Dolphins' defense. Okay? All right. Very quickly, I'm running on time here. I just want to just get through this uh, last segment. It's not that not that complicated. I gave my doctor's order, which is you're starting uh, Tyler Boyd or the, the Bengals guys. That's, that's an order. But here are some other prescriptions. Well, excuse me. I have a couple more orders of things you can't do. As far as trading guys, here are doctor's orders. You cannot trade Christian McCaffrey. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Even if the offer is... Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Travis Kelsey, you're not trading Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to do that trade because you're probably playing with someone who doesn't know how to play fantasy football, and that's cruel because you have to accept that trade. That's that's an incredible trade, but that would never happen, right? You can't reasonably trade Christian McCaffrey. If someone just does something stupid, like they trade five like first-round picks for Christian McCaffrey, it's like, okay, yeah, that's like, what? But that, that's just not how that works. You can't trade Christian McCaffrey for like A.J. Brown and Josh Jacobs. You're not going to do that. Like Christian McCaffrey has every opportunity to do what he just did multiple times this year. 
it wasn't that hard to achieve. Like Shanahan loves getting McCaffrey involved. Their offensive line creates these like parting the Red Sea holes from the run. And he's already a gifted vision guy, seeing the play happen, jumping over people, spinning, quickly reacting. Christian McCaffrey could do this again. You're not trading Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I hate to say it, you're also not ever trading the Dallas defense. Four games in, I think we can say that defense is really good. The team may have some holes, and granted, the Patriots may be tanking for Caleb Williams now too, secretly, but the defense is no doubt incredible. They're scoring a lot. That's huge. They get all the sacks in the world with Micah Parsons and their other edge guys, and they're crushing you. Like They're crushing you early, and it's suffocating. So they're not allowing that many yards. Like When you're kicking the hell out of a team by the third quarter, the backups come in. The backups aren't going to do anything. So you're not losing points in yard allowance. So you can't trade Dallas defense. Like you just can't do it. You need if having a team like them on your team all year, they don't have that hard of a schedule other than the 49ers. They'll probably get torched by the Niners because I'm a Niners fan. That's why I said that. But you just can't trade Dallas defense. You also can't trade Derrick Henry. Because as the season goes on, the better he gets. That's just a fact. Do not touch Derrick Henry. He's only going to get better. Watch it, and pretty soon he'll be having the 120, 130 yards a game average. That's when the Vegas set his line at, like these ridiculous numbers, two touchdowns a game. He's going to do that very, very soon. You saw a little bit of that over the weekend. He's close. Everyone else is up for grabs, including Tyreek Hill. What did I say? Two weeks ago, he wouldn't hit what he did week one ever again this year because he just won't. The book is now out on how to guard the Dolphins. If you just maintain these huge scores and force Tua to beat you, you know, with other guys and maybe allow their run game to get going and shut them down, you could beat the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill had 50 yards receiving, right? He's not going to do what he did earlier in the year. You should have traded him to get like two great. You could have gotten um, maybe Josh Jacobs and freaking Devontae. So you could have got two great players for the one great player in Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is not going to win MVP this year. He won't. He's not. You need to do what he did in week one every single week. He's not going to do it. The book is out. People can guard Tyreek Hill. I'm sorry if you didn't trade him when I told you to. You won't get the same value as trading him now because people are going to see that. They're going to be like, hmm, why is this guy trading Tyreek Hill? I'm not buying it. Um, I also think, again, hate to say it, I say it every episode, but to attack of Iloa, the guy falls down. The guy sneezes too hard. He may get a concussion. That's going to hurt Tyreek's value for sure. So you can't, you know, I told you to trade him, but you can trade him. You can still true it. You're just not going to get the same value as we've got a couple weeks ago. Keenan Allen. Yeah, I love this dude. He's he's a he's an ex Cal Bear. Uh, I love Keenan Allen every year. I love his passion and the poor guy's just riddled with injury. You just can't shake that off. I think at some point something's going to happen. Something's wrong. Like at a cellular level with the Chargers coaching staff, I wouldn't exclude the training and health staff out of that. So wouldn't surprise me if Staley has some genius advice for his trainers, and because of that, Keenan Allen gets hurt. And when he gets hurt. Obviously, of no value. He has a lot of value right now, being the number one receiver in the Chargers. That, that like they are throwing to him, and they are always throwing because their defense is horrible. But I would trade Keenan Allen while his value is still up like this. You can't trade Tyree Kill when Tua gets hurt. You can't trade Keenan Allen when he gets hurt because obviously they're hurt. 
but trade them before these things happen. I can see these things happen before they happen because I'm a doctor. Get rid of Najee Harris. Stop your suffering. Like he had 70 yards. Just make a trade and throw Najee in there. Try to fool someone. He's not going to do anything this year. He, that Steelers team is so fraudulent. They should have lost every game this season. The only reason they didn't was because Marcus Peters dropped a walking pick six against the Raiders and because the Steelers defense magically was gifted two touchdowns against the Browns. Otherwise, they should be 0-4. Kenny Pickett's not good. The offense is mid. The play calling's awful. Stop your suffering. Get rid of Najee Harris. Otherwise, you're just going to rot in your bench. Get a trade, put Najee in there, try to sweeten the deal, but you know it's not sweet. Get rid of him. I told you Josh Jacobs was kicking into gear. He's a guy you should have traded for last week. You could still maybe get him, but you're going to have to give up a lot for him. With Aiden O'Connell leading the offense, a capable quarterback, bet you Josh Jacobs gets a lot more action. That's what I said last week, and damn it, it's happening. It's coming to fruition. What, what did I say? Oh, yes. Trust your doctor. That's what I said. Dr. PPR called that. Probably can't get Josh Jacobs anymore for the value last week. It was a risk, but it paid off. That's what happens when you're a doctor. Risks look like risks. They're actually just calculated moves. I like DeAndre Swift, though. I would trade for DeAndre Swift. The tush push is going to get somebody hurt in Philly. Just throwing Jalen Hurts on the line like that, he's going to get hurt. They're going to probably pump the brakes on that this early in the year. DeAndre Swift runs hard, very powerful runner. Loves playing for the Eagles. Grew up in Philly. I like DeAndre Swift. His value is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I would get him before you have to give somebody up a lot more talented than who you trade for DeAndre Swift right now. And that's it for my show today, folks. Um, sorry, I ran a little longer than I wanted to, but there was a lot to talk about. And I came up with the theory of, you know, Bill Belichick tanking for Caleb by purposely playing Mac Jones this year. So that took a little bit of time and threw my brain into sorts. Uh, but Hey, catch me on Friday. It'd be a lot cleaner, quicker episode. Again, I'm sorry this took longer than expected, but there's a few doctor's orders in there. I have my prescriptions. Remember, Monday's recaps, Tuesday prescription, Friday are betting locks for player props and teams I like. That's it for today for Dr. PPR. I'm Henry Markin, your host of Dr. PPR. Always eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and listen to your doctor. We will see you on Friday, folks. Have a good day.